Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing chapter 9, Raja Vidya Raja Guhya Yoga Nama, Royal Secret and Royal Knowledge. And we have so far seen that in the first six chapters we have learned that the self is something distinctly different than my body, mind and intellect. That much we learned. That this body, mind and intellect are my possessions, my equipment, but not me. And then we have elaborately seen how then I should act in this world so I will have that awareness. One of the things we learned is that I should act in a manner which is for the greater good. Because more and more I identify with the larger and larger entity. My ego gets diluted. Right now if I just identify with me, my ego is condensed to me. More I identify with the larger community, larger entity, my ego gets diluted. Ego is nothing but identification, what I consider to be me. So the trick we have learned is to act for the greater good in the first six chapters and then, then contemplate on yourself. Who is that which is thinking? Who is that which is acting? Who is that? which is considering I to be I. Then last two chapters, 7 and 8, we have embarked on our understanding of what the Supreme Being is all about. So one thing we have learned that there is nothing in this world which I can see, feel and touch which is other than the Supreme Being. So chapter 7 said, my manifest prakriti is eightfold. Bhumi, Apaha, Nalaha, Kham, Vayuhu, Mana, Buddhi, Hankar. Five great elements in mind, intellect, and ego. That covers everything that I know. In other words, now I have a clear understanding that there is nothing in this world which is other than his self. In the chapter 8, we have looked at his higher self. That what we see as the Prakriti is not the real self of the Supreme Being. This manifestation is relative. I see my world differently than you see your world. Two people do not see the color same way as we have learned. At least that's what we had been hearing. My clients sometimes joke about you know, how the architects look at color and say, well, there's a little yellow in it. And say, Nobody else can see yellow other than me in it. So we know that our world is perceived through our mind and intellect and our senses and so is yours and hers. So Bhagavan said that I am completely different than that which is unmanifest which makes this manifest possible. And having learned all this, our self remains still a secret to us. Who we are it's very very difficult question to answer. To define ourselves 
we can only rely on our accomplishments, our physical attributes, our relationship. When you strip all of those, we have difficulty describing ourselves. So in this chapter, one more time, Bhagavan said, that is a royal secret. That's the king of all secrets. Having learned all this, we are supremely convinced that I don't see Bhagavan. The Bhagavan is not among us. Anybody sees Bhagavan here, then no, Bhagavan is not here other than his picture. So we are very convinced. After learning all that, we are very convinced that Bhagavan is not anywhere I go or anybody I meet. And so that's the king of all the secrets. And so why that is, so he one more time reminded us that I pervade this entire jagat, but I am not in them, they are in me. Even they are not in me. When you really look at the self, there is no mutation ever took place. There is no creation ever took place. But the creation which I see is only possible because of him and therefore he says, they are in me, but I am not in them. Very contrary to what we have learned all through our life, the Bhagavan resides in my heart and your heart and his heart. And Bhagavan says, it's not that I don't reside in your heart, I am you. There is nothing other than the Supreme exists. Therefore, it is now up to me to change my perception of how I see the world and how I see myself. But right now, I have a difficulty understanding that. So why is that? So in verse 11, which we have seen, Avajananti mamudha manusim tanumasritam Param bhavam ajanantaha mamabhuta maheshwaram. I learned he is the Lord of all the beings. Lord means the existence of all the beings is only possible because of his existence. That's the Lord. Lord is the one on whom my existence depends. So he is a bhuta maheshwaram. He is the Lord of all the beings. All the beings exist because he exists. But avajananti mam mudha manusim tanumasritam, when I dwell or manifest in human form or any form for that matter, that mudaha, one who are deluded by this maya, I know all the beings I come across and define them, but I miss that main point that they only exist because he exists. Their existence is no different than his existence. So therefore the mudad, but deluded by the maya, I fail to recognize the divinity which exists in all the beings which I see. Param bhava majanat, because they forget the supreme nature. I can see the lower nature of prakriti, that eightfold prakriti. I can see the form and color and constitution of what the people are made of. But I can't see the higher nature of the self in them, that the failing of my understanding, the failing of my conviction. So he said, therefore, they may come to wrong conclusions that Bhagwan only is of this form or that form. And therefore, anything which does not comply with my understanding of Bhagwan, then I discard them as not Bhagwan. And that's where all my problems start. That's where all the divisions, all the partiality, all the problems we see in this world. It's because of this delusion. So the mudaha, we all fall into that category by the definition. 
we fail to see the supreme everywhere in all beings moga asha and why is that so here is the cause for that why i fail to see the divinity in all beings because of my moga asha my foolish desires vain hopes whichever way you translate this moga asha a desire which can never be fulfilled is the moga asha i have a desire to become muhammad ali unfulfilled moga asha i was not constituted that way moga karmanaha with my foolish desires i end up doing foolish actions you know what is my foolish desire i'm trying to find permanent happiness from my finite actions in this world that's my foolish desire and what is my moga karmana my pursuit of happiness in this world of prakriti not temporary happiness but permanent happiness i want to be happy when now how long i want to be happy forever and for that what am i doing everything that you see me doing from monday through friday and including saturday and sunday and bhagwan said that's a moga karmana it's a futile actions actions are very valid for its very valid reason however if your goal is to get permanent happiness out of these actions those actions are futile actions it is like in my dream i was trying to get something to become something that was a moga asa in my dream for a dreamer that was a futile desire and then i make all the efforts in my dream to achieve that it's again moga karma those actions will never lead me to what i'm trying to achieve in my dream moga gnana and that because of vain knowledge foolish knowledge the foolish notion that i am a dreamer makes me create the foolish desire of getting something in my dream and make all the actions in my dream they all futile because the one thing is lacking there i am not the who i am in my dream i am not the one running you know apple i'm not the google ceo but i am dreaming that and i'm trying to solve the world's problems in my dream not going to happen so we cheta saha they are not aware of this self i have no real understanding of who i am it's only when i wake up from the dream that i realize who i am what my goal in life is what my capabilities are and what i can get done so in this life we work exactly like we are in a dream we have a goal of getting permanent happiness immortality none of us want to die none of us any experience of birth or death both are hypothetical events in my life birth is all the hypothetical only i have inferred from seeing others my birth must be something like that but none of us can describe write an essay on your birth the day i was born it was a terrible day very hot doctors were not paying attention my mom was crying and screaming none of us can do that because it's a hypothetical event in my life so will be my death i can only infer from other people i have seen dying what the death would be 
but not a single human being is able to come back and describe what a death is all about. There are books written, but they are questionable. So, what I have right now about Chetana, about who I am, is Vichetasaha. It's a wrong notion about who I am. I have a wrong desires to get permanent happiness and wrong actions. I'm putting all my efforts in pursuing that happiness in something that I know for sure going to fail. Everything I have done so far, from my childhood to the old ages, every time I tried to get some happiness, that same thing became the cause of my unhappiness at some other time. Anything which has the potential to give me happiness has equal or more potential to give me sorrow and unhappiness. That's really given and we understood. In spite of that, I'm going to continue the rest of my life and achieving happiness. So that's the moga asha. Moga karmana, moga gnana, vicheta saha. This is how we act in this world. Raksasim asurim cheva prakritim mohinim sritaha. Because they are taking refuge in this nature of raksasi and asuri vrittis of the nature. Now, obviously, we have difficulty understanding these two words, raksas and asura, because in our Puranas they are described as demons and you know people with horns and. But, but we know at least from our Purana, raksasas. What clan was raksasa? Ravana's clan was raksasa. Okay, so they are raksasa. It translates into materialism versus whatever we call a sacred you know, pursuit. See, we learned from Puranas that Lanka was the most prosperous city in those days. Ramana had the Puspak Viman. Ayodhya didn't know, even chariots didn't have proper. But Ramana has a plane. So therefore they considered them to be not good, materialistic culture. Just like America is known as Great Satan. We are the most prosperous country on this planet. Our culture is materialistic culture. So probably in those days also, the materialistic worldview was considered a raksasi worldview. We have learned the other term, asura. But asuras were also considered to be those who are not divine. They did not have the divine aspirations. So those who did not have the divine aspirations to find their supreme self, but to find happiness in this material world, will consider raksasas and asuras. So so we are actually doing exactly that. With our moga asa, moga karma, moga gnana, without any chetana, we are taking support of this raksas in asuri vritti in us. That tells me that my happiness lies in this world of material things and beings. If I acquire this, I accomplish this, I'll be happy. And that Bhagavan said is a raksasi asuri vritti. Mahatman astumam partha devim prakritim asritaha. In contrast to these people who think my happiness lies here, the great souls who figured out that happiness cannot be achieved by finite actions, they rely on my devim prakritim asritaha. They rely on my divine nature. Divine nature, that which never changed and will never change. That which has no sorrows and no unhappiness, that's my true nature, Satchit Ananda. My true nature is Sat, ever existing, ever knowing, and ever in bliss. 
one who identifies with that, he says that partha daivim prakriti masritaha, they are Mahatma, they are the great soul. They have identified with the true nature of them, which you don't have to do anything to achieve this permanent happiness. Bhajanti ananya manasaha gnatva bhutadim avyayam that knowing me is the imperishable source of all beings. All beings are changing all the time, all things are changing, but the source is unchanging. Rather than focusing on the changes, if I focus on the, that which is not changing and identify with them, bhajantim, ananya manasaha. And we have difficulty in all this word because we have a bhajan, every monthly bhajans. And Swamiji constantly says that somebody very loudly make noise and with equally noisy accompaniment, Swamiji says. That tells you Swamiji is not much into music. Okay, Swamiji never sang bhajan. See, every kathakar will start his katha with bhajan. Never Swami Chinmayananda. He sits down on the podium. If say the lecture starts at 10 o'clock, at 10 o'clock the first word will come out of his mouth. And that will be exactly what we are talking about. No bhajan, no kirtan, no prarthana. He said all this bhajan is not this noisy. Somebody singing at a very high pitch and everybody making noise with that kirtan. Not that. Bhajanti ananya manasa. Constantly identifying with a single pointed mind. How can I be doing all the time while I'm driving? He said, you are doing it already actually. You don't have to remind yourself while you're driving, this is me, this is me, this is me. Oh, that next guy in the next car is not me. Oh, you never don't have to do that. You are constantly bhajanti, your own self as you know, and still doing everything else. There is not a single second in your life where you have not identified with who you are. You didn't have to make any efforts. You are in a constant state of samadhi about this is me, this is me, this is me, this is me. The Bhagavan said the only difference Mahatma is he changes that identification with supreme me, supreme me, which has bhutadim avyayam. I am who I am because that, that unchanging being is manifesting through me. That person is a Mahatma. He said, therefore, they are taking refuge on the divine nature of the self to achieve their goal of permanent happiness. Satatam kirtayantahamam yatantascha dridavrataha. These are the qualities and these are the ways the great soul have identified with the Supreme Being. Our goal is to find who I am, which is the big secret. And now we are saying that only way you can do that is undo what is wrong with you. When I went to my music teacher very first time, at the age of 44, he said, I have to undo everything you've done up till now in your singing. Everybody said, you sing well, you sing well, but you were singing terribly. I have to tell you that the only way I can teach you is to undo everything that you have done. And then you can learn. So now I have to undo everything what I was kirtayanti. What I was kirtayanti all my life, the nail, I'm, I'm, I'm an architect and I've done these buildings. I'm constantly praising myself about what? My own accomplishments, my own achievements. Bhagavan said, you have to change that now. If you really want to be happy. Satatam kirtayantomam. One who constantly glorifies 
that which is unmanifest, that which is unchanging, who never had to accomplish anything, who never had to do anything, that when you glorify, Kirtan is glorifying Bhagavan. You know, oh Lord, you are so great that you take away my dukkha. And next moment we know that he can't do anything and I have to do it all myself. You know, that person who really is satatam kirtayantomam yatantascha dhridavrataha. He is striving for that perfection. Dhridavrataha. He has complete faith. We do bhajan but with no faith. Tera tujko arpan kya lage mera. Only one dollar. Okay. Have you ever seen? Nobody put five dollar note in harati. So Swami Tejamala told a joke that these notes were talking to each other, you know, one dollar note and five dollar, ten or hundred dollar. Hundred dollar note says I had been to casinos and I had been to all, all these places. Twenty dollar note says I just went to all the grocers and retail grocery store and dry cleaners and all these places. So the one dollar note was not saying anything. So where would you go? Oh, I had been to all the temples in Arthis. That's where the one dollar note comes out. You have to make sure before you leave home, have you heard the dollar notes you know, before you go to the temple? Otherwise you have a problem. You can't put twenty dollar note there. Bhagavan said, Yadnantrascha dridavrataha, the one who has a complete faith that this is not me. This changing, ever-changing person is not me, but I'm going through this as the nature has designed me to do. But I am something other than me. I'm constantly glorifying my unchanging self. Yatantaha, striving constantly not to deviate from this identification. As soon as I come to realize that this is me or this body identification, I remind myself it's not me. One of the advice to all the people who are terminally sick is, you're not sick, your body is sick. Start seeing that you're not, your body is sick and your attitude changes completely about your sickness. So the same way Bhagavan says that, Namasyantas chamam bhaktya nitya yukta upasate constantly bowing down to me. Swamiji says, constantly people come and bow down in front of the Guru and they try to trip him over because he's trying to walk. That happens. Swamiji comes and everybody lines up and he can't move. He says, that's an act as a a symbol of my respect to you. But if I don't respect you and bow down to you, it means nothing. So, namantasya chamam means that who has surrendered himself to the Supreme Self. Myself which never changed, my I which never changed, and I constantly glorify that I. I constantly strive to identify this I with a firm mind that this is not me, that's me. And constantly namasyantaha, I surrender my lower self to bhaktiya nitya yukta upasate. Those with that bhakti, we have seen bhakti is nothing but devotion. Devotion is nothing but love for divine. And love is nothing but identification. If there is no identification, there is no love, there is no bhakti. So Swamiji says that these two verses, the one we have seen before, indicated the path of knowledge. Verse 13 indicates the path of knowledge. One who knows what his real self is and identifies with him. Now this verse says the path of bhakti and karma. Bhakti is identification. Not the bhakti, I go to the temple and do bhakti. But bhakti with an identification with the divine, the path of bhakti, and then do all my actions accordingly, 
is the path of actions. So we have outlined what our goal is, we have outlined what the secret is, and now we are outlining what the path of revealing that secret to us. We'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om